Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are, and welcome to the 4Play podcast, and this will be the first episode of our Season 3. My name is David, and I will be joined as usual by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers, Alan, Darren, and Mark. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme for each show, and then we choose four songs are related to that theme. Today, we're going to be selecting four of our favourite singles from 1968. In case you're wondering about hearing these songs as we discuss them, unfortunately we can't include them in the podcast, but we will include a link for a Spotify playlist in the show notes and also in our 4Play Music Facebook group. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome. Here we go. I'm going to call this episode in Season 3 because obviously we trialled our slightly faster format last time around, which seemed to work well and set ourselves the challenge now of trying to get this one done in the same way and do a complete show in, or 16 songs in one show, which hopefully, fingers crossed, that's going to work. Be confident. You never know. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, let's do some hello- hellos first. So first joining this evening was Darren. How are you doing, Daz? Uh, yeah, good, thank you. You? Yeah, yeah, good. Looking forward to tomorrow evening, out to see a gig. Yeah, yeah, an actual gig. There's not been many of those around lately, but it's um, Fleetwood Mac, are they called? Is that right? Yeah, I think they're supposed to be the best Fleetwood Mac um, cover band in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah, something to look forward to. Definitely. And they've got some songs that I... Um, were before my time, a bit like 1968. So. Oh, <laughs> we'll true. find out. We'll find out tonight. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's me and Mark. I'm thinking that boat, isn't it, Mark? I think so, mate. Mm. Alan. I'm happy to be in a oh. boat with you, just you and me. <laughs> Sounds idyllic. <laughs> Alan, welcome to uh, to another week. Uh, a year, uh, 1968 songs we're doing this year, singles. Only you and I were around when uh, when that year happened. Yeah, but yeah, I was seven, seven, and go, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Just saying, it's uh, an absolutely fantastic year for music. When I was going through, I couldn't believe is that nineteen sixty eight. That's nineteen sixty eight. <laughs> I mean, you know, you asked for four, but I could have chosen twenty four easily. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, great, great, great year for music. Um, yeah, I've been uh, last couple of weeks. I've been most. I've been mostly decorating uh-huh. uh, the front room. Nice. This is what when you. This is what happens when you get need to get a new TV because the old one breaks down. <laughs> you end up decorating the whole of the front room, <laughs> and uh, and so, and then for the last two days, you won't believe this. I've been trying to put my new TV and everything together. Because now on the wall, I've got in. I've got into the modern era, putting TVs on the wall, yeah. uh, and it's not as easy as you would think. And if you've got a sound bar as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, my TV's up, but I've got a clue where to put the sound bar yet. <laughs> where did you put yours? Uh, it, this one goes. It goes flat underneath the telly. The telly's only about centimetre wide it goes flush to the wall okay and the sound bar I tell a lie one and a half centimetres and the sound bar is the same width okay it goes to the wall as well it's very good and ah. um, you get a subwoofer as well where you can place anywhere in the room impressive yeah mm-hmm. but you've got to have a degree in, electric, in, in some kind of 
installing TV and soundbars these days to be able to do it. Or really does it in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, and then Mr. Hollywood, um you've got a new first name apparently from your barista earlier this week. Kark. Kark. It's, it's, it's Mark with a C. It's, it's Mark with a C. Kark Hollywood. Tell us the tale, Mark. Yeah, tell us. No, I sent the lads on something. Um, it was, it, it, sadly, wasn't me. Otherwise, I would have been doubled over laughing my head off in, in the middle of Costa. Um, somebody sent me on a, an absolutely brilliant um, photograph. And... Uh, a little story, I'll not, I'll not bore you too much, but when I was younger, I, I wanted my mum to change Mark with a K to Mark, to Mark with, well, Jesus, you've been talking about feckin' soundbars. <laughs> Don't you start. <laughs> Bloody cheek. <laughs> and, and, and FYI, I put, I put mine up without any degree or qualification in um, electrical engineering. Anyway, as I was saying, I asked my mum uh, if I could spell my name with a C, and she said, no, Mark with a K. I said, mum, but it's very common. And I wanted to be kind of windswept and interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> slightly French with a C. She's like, Don't get, you know, get a grip of yourself. And then there was one stage I went through wanting to deep pull my name from Hollywood to Kennedy, my mum's maiden name. So it would have been Mark with a C, Kennedy. Anyway, for the for those listening in black and white, uh, yeah, I sent, I sent on this thing, and someone was... Someone, some dick went into Costa or says Starbucks and said, uh, you know the way they ask you, what's yeah. your name? So they'll put your name on the cup and they'll shout out your name, David, Alan, uh, Darren. And this guy said, Mark with a C. So they spelled it C-A-R-K. <laughs> it, it tickled me. It tickled me pink. I think that's genius. I think they did that on purpose. They knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was it was just priceless. Uh, um, yeah. So right. hi everyone, it's Kark here. <laughs> Brilliant. Glad to be here. And uh, sorry, I'm a bit late. I'm always late, but there was genuinely a fire alarm in the office, which <laughs> uh, at twenty past six in the evening, you're not you're not really expecting that. So well, we're here now. It's half seven, and it's um, and, we're all good. And it didn't affect our listeners really. No, they couldn't give a shit. Light burned. <laughs> okay, guys, so we're going to kick off. So our sort of slightly reformatted uh, approach to this one. We're going to try and keep it short. Uh, the other thing we're going to do is we've all come with a list of names of uh, songs. Well, we've got, got four and then a couple of backups. And basically we'll go around one at a time coming up with uh, our, our favourites, our recommendations or the ones we really like. And if that gets taken, then it gets taken. Uh, no one else can choose that song again. So we have to dig a bit deeper into our lists. So looking for a volunteer to lead us off. Obviously, it's an advantage to go first. <laughs> go on then, I'll go first. Oh, oh, sh oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be our song as well. Yeah, rocks a shit start. <laughs> right, we've, we've only got an hour, Alan. <laughs> He said 30 seconds, I'm going to keep an eye on this. Go on then. <laughs> I'm going to give, who's, uh, just by, just by coughing, I'm going to tell you who the artist is. Lame. <laughs> 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 
Tommy Coop, Tommy Cooper, uh, your man, <laughs> yeah. your man in well, the fast show. You had enough chances now. Of course, it's um, uh, one of my Welsh uh, brethren, oh. Tom Jones. Tom oh, Jones is also oh, my dad's nice. name. Nice. And um, and this is a fantastic song called "Help Yourself." Now, the reason I've really chosen this one, although I, you know, aware of Tom Jones. I don't think I really knew at the time when I heard do a cover version done by, done by Tony Perino, a.k.a. Steve Coogan. Yeah. And he did a cover version of this, and it's, it's brilliant. It, uh, he puts on his uh, Spanish accent. Just help yourself to my lips, to my arms. <laughs> and uh, so whenever that I hear that song now comes on the radio i just go in and into the tony farino version i'm particularly like it as well because uh, the b-side uh i bought the cd and uh the b-side is called bigger me at christmas <laughs> so oh the extra the extra track on the cd is called bigger me at christmas but um i'm talking about the original song uh tom jones help yourself i can see him now swinging with his sideburns He's probably on something, um, I don't know, he'd be on the, the Morgan and White show or something like that. And he'd be singing there all in black and white in his, mm. like, you know, tuxedo and crushed velvet jacket. You can see him now. The one and only Tom Jones, Help Yourself, goes in at number one in our list. Brilliant. That, that sounds like your wardrobe today. <laughs> yeah. He's still got the cross velvet jacket. And Never I like had the pearls. One. Never had one. Oh, my dad had one. Uh, he did indeed. My cousin Ex Colin, he had one. He wore it to my wedding. My wedding. I, I know that. <laughs> and that's how long ago it was. Wow. That's, there you are. that's a great choice, Alan. Yeah, I remember the Tony <laughs> Farino version. <laughs> <laughs> that gets, should have given it away, shouldn't that? Should have got it. Wasn't yeah, quite Welsh I'm enough. Still... <laughs> anyway, that's that's me kicking off. Brilliant. Yeah, I won't mention it yet, but just in case anyone's got it, but on my short list was another Tom Jones song. So we'll see what Same here. Oh. That's <laughs> not unusual. <laughs> it's not that one either. My mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Darren. Darren, why don't you take off the take us off with the second? Okay, cool. I don't, I'll try and follow the singing in a minute as well, Alan, and give you a little rendition. But I can't believe this particular duo um, released their fourth studio album in 1968. Um, this was a track off that, which featured heavily in a film, in the film The Graduate, which I'm sure gives it all away to you straight away. Um, it was Mrs. Robinson, written by Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, Originally to be called Mrs. Roosevelt. Uh, apparently, they then got approached to create some music for the film. And they thought, oh, we've already got this song, Mrs. Roosevelt. Let's change it to Mrs. Robinson. But <laughs> that's how oh. that one came back. Um, I guess this was song uh, means a lot to me because of... The song was a great song, obviously, anyway. But in the early 90s, mid-90s... Uh, the Lemonhead did a version of it as well, which is actually a really good cover version. Uh, we probably chatted about that in our cover version show, I think, a little while back. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just got that really good hook. It's a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
fail to get swept along by it. So there you go. I've got Chris Robinson, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, good choice, Dad. Thank you. Did anyone else have it? I I, I guessed other people would want to. I could have got it in, in my twenty-four. Yeah. Mm. And there you go. So nobody's upset yet. That's good. Okay, Mark, your first one. Mark's gone quiet. You got you on mute, Mark. <laughs> yeah, where's he gone? I am on mute. Sorry, I was taking the first out of Alan. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed it. What did you say? So, oh, it, it it matters not now. Soundbar, soundbar boy. Um, I, I would have actually put. I would have put. Um, I, I would have put um, Scarborough Fair, Canticle. It came out in '68 as well. Yeah, I, would have, I would have put that slightly ahead because I know we had a conversation about it, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a lovely take you to another universe song. But uh, no great choice nonetheless. And it was she was going to be called Mrs. Roosevelt. And I think we've had this conversation as well. Yeah. After Franklin D's wife, I believe, mm -hmm. Eleanor, who was very prolific um as as a well as a feminist and as a mm -hmm. um a philanthropist, um, not to be mixed up with her stamp collections. So <laughs> anyway, my song is by a band called Deep Purple. I think we're all we're all familiar with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the song was actually recorded. The biggest hit, or the biggest, the most successful cover version was by Kula Shaker in 1997, I believe. It was first recorded in 1967 by a guy called Billy Joe Royal, and it's been used in so many films as well. Uh, Apollo 11, Beyond the Sea, Children of Men, and the song begins na 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 na, <laughs> uh, and the charlatans actually lifted the organ riff off it. Oh, yeah. uh, the only one I know that song. Yeah. The song is of course Hush by Deep Purple. That's in as one of my top four, and the reason I like it is just it's so catchy. It has lasted the years. You you wouldn't associate deep purple with it. You often think smoke on the water, that kind of stuff. So hush is in there as my first choice. Good. It's already showing what a great year it was actually. That there's ninety yeah. versions yeah. of both or two of the songs so far. Completely. Yeah, brilliant. The Cooler Shaker version was good as well. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I I thought that was their their song, mm. and then. Yeah, I don't know. I think I was I was listening to Johnny Walker or something like that on Sounds Radio Two. Sounds of the seventies, yeah. even though it was sixty-eight. But it was. Yeah. I think when Johnny Walker was doing Drive Time way back when, and I heard it for the first time. I thought, oh, is that a is that a Cooler Shaker cover version? <laughs> and then he said, "Oh, Deep Purple." I thought, no, not not likely. Mm. So um, there you are now. Brilliant. Okay. And everything's gone hush. <laughs> okay, such a crap choice. Right then, my first one. Uh, good hallmark to this one. Um, it was banned by the BBC. Thankfully, um, this artist did manage to uh, perform it on non-BBC shows like Frankie Howard. Don't know if that's a cue for Alan to do a Frankie Howard impersonation. Oh, shut your face! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's just record all of these. Um, 
the 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 lyrics to this are almost nonsensical, but the the guy's voice is incredible. Um, most of the me meanings um, would be lost of because it's translated from the French original. Um, but it was the great Matt Schumann who took the heart of the song and he basically poured it into a fantastically fantastical flowing English set of lyrics uh, delivered by none other than Scott Walker. And we're talking about Jackie. Just one of the one of the great records. But the, brilliant. But the lyrics, brilliant choice. But, but the lyrics don't make any sense. Uh, opens opens up with And if one day I should become a singer with a Spanish bum who sings for women of great virtue, I'd sing to them with a guitar. Uh, I borrowed from a cafe bar. Well, you know what you don't know doesn't hurt you. Um, that, so there's a lot of a lot of tend to try and bend it. And I think he does when when he sings a song when he talks about the Spanish bum. He talks about the shape of the the would have been a matador, I guess, who was who was um, he was referring to. So it's basically about imagined regrets, trying to think what would happen in the future um, to p potential future him or or someone else. And sorry, when I say he. Um, it's obviously the great Jacques Brel who wrote this uh, originally um, back in 65. So great song. Um, it's mine in there. I've, uh, I forget when I first heard the, the Walker Brothers and Scott Walker, but there's something really magical about uh, the, the way he tells a story. And whilst the lyrics don't make much sense, it's been suggested that because he's American, he didn't understand some of the Spanish or the the European idioms. He just sung it straight. Didn't really worry about what was being, uh, what was being said. Just treated it as a set of words that he just managed to turn into sort of this musical honey. So there's my one in there. Wow. Well, I tell you what, I might have to get Alan to sing it for me. Yeah, you've 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 lifted it up there, David. You've taken us from bar brawling brothel goers <laughs> to haute couture middle-class multilingualists yeah. something uh, like that great choice you always you always choose these songs i've never heard of and then i'll listen to him and think he's had a good education hasn't he you know this yeah. you, you'll have heard the jack brell version yeah, i, I, I think so it. i think i have yeah I yeah, yeah. yeah i don't i can't think what it is okay did uh, mark armand do a version he absolutely did yeah yeah he did you're right yeah. actually oh. he did he did a cd of jack brell covers I think I might remember the Mark Hamlin one later for that. I need to have a listen later on. Sure, yeah, that's where I know it from. Brilliant. Okay, guys, round two. I've so many of these songs already. Yeah. Three out of these have been, three out of the four, have been cover versions. Yeah. Been, no, four of them. Yeah. They've been, yeah, yeah, been yeah. covered by other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all four. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's how good the year was. Yeah. yeah. When you said choose four from 68, I thought, oh, there's no way, surely no way that um, one of us will choose someone else's. There is a plethora to choose from. And and, and not just kind of, like, I remember, God, when we kicked off with this podcast years ago, <laughs> I said the best years I think of music were between 1967 and 72, 73. And I stand by that. And 68 hit, hit the nail on the head. Whether it was LSD, Oh. Magic mushrooms. I don't know, but it was. Um, I th I think peak peak rock, peak pop. Yeah, it was all there. Good job. Mm. And just um, in terms of the songs 
whilst we're not including them, uh, we don't play them on, on our podcast, obviously. Uh, in the show notes, we'll include a Spotify playlist link and also put it in our Facebook page. So if people want to listen to the songs, if they're not familiar or they want to hear them again, they can uh, pick them up that way. Right. We'll have to keep uh, keep an eye on it, see how many of these actually have been covered. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's see then. Um, Alan, your, your second choice. I'm not sure if this one has. Wouldn't it be nice to get on with me neighbours? Choice. More faces. Lazy Sunday. Um, great song. Marriott. What can you say about him? And from a superb album as well. Uh, one of the long, great lost albums. Well, it's, it's, well, I think people just not not really aware of him. I wasn't uh, a good number of years. You know, probably only five years ago I discovered it. Ogden's Not Gun Flake. The whole album is brilliant, but this track is on there, and. Um, uh, yeah, um, what can you say? Lazy Sunday afternoon, it reminds me of, yes, listening to the radio, I think, hearing that come on. Cockney accent there. I think, you know, it's talking all about, you know, being in London and all that. I live miles away from London. Did I ever think I'd go and go to London, never mind live there? <laughs> so, yeah, it just reminds me of um, just, I don't know reminiscing about what my child you know I've, you know as i said be about seven eight probably hearing this coming on the radio and wondering what was all along about and then in later years you know appreciating the album so small faces Love uh, got to go in don't yeah. think they've been had a cover version of them but uh shout that out to uh, my friend nikki lloyd in tembe because uh, he was playing uh, Ogden's Nut Gone Flake mm-hmm. album yesterday. I happen to know that because he put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, no downs for you for a bit. I was just going to say, great, a great song, great vibe that song's got to it. It's what, yeah. what I call a summer song. Yeah. You know, you can drive along with the yeah. car windows open, just singing along to that one. Yeah. Are you just doing the, you know, the Cockney accent with it, you know? Yeah, you can yeah, automatically, you've got, you've got to go, you, you can't do it in any other accent. No, no. Um, I, I was going to put Itchy Coo Park in by the Small Faces and then realised it was 1967. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, yeah, so they had a, a few great years, didn't they? And then, of course, they morphed into being the faces mm-hmm. with some great songs like Three Button Hand Me Down. For uh, was it Poor Richard? Pearl Richard? Was it what was it called? Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the famous one? Oh, yeah, st- um, Stay With Me. Yeah. Stay With Me. Yeah. Great song. What's yeah. it? That's that's a great choice. Yeah, nice one. And I think it captured Britain or London and Carnaby Street and what have you back yeah. then. Yeah. That's you know that's what I was thinking about. You know when I heard that song way back. You know obviously not in nineteen sixty eight, but probably a little bit you know later than that. Mm-hmm. You know wondering you know because to me all London all you to me that was just the when the Thames thing came up on 
TV, you know, Thames TV. Yeah. For years, I thought, like, St. Paul's was in the middle of the Thames. Yeah. You know. Oh, dear. Yeah. The, boy, the boy from the, the backwater. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then you had, uh, you, you've got Lazy Sunday afternoon, then you've got... Yeah. Uh, no, so it's just Lazy Sundays. Yeah, you're talking about the Kinks. Sunday, you're talking about the Kinks song. The Kinks. Yeah, I was, I was going to say there's la yeah. uh, Lazy on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, two bands that I hit with that. Well, one had a hit, one had a B-side. Uh, and of course, I'm going to bore you with that. Lazy on a Sunday afternoon is a track off A Night of the Opera. Oh. Yes, Many years later. Yes. Yeah. Many years later. Nice so one. I think we all like lazing on a. I think we all like lazing on a Sunday and it's sunny <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. Okay, and Darren, your second one. Well, yeah, I think there's a bit of a link here. We've got a tenuous link to Ray Davis coming up here. Um, so I've gone for it's um, a single by an American rock band, which isn't the link to Ray Davis. Um, it's one of my. I have to say one of my favourite albums. It's a brilliant album, a 1968 album, Waiting for the Sun by a band called The Doors, um, who you may know. And I've gone yeah. for Hello, I Love You. Um, I think for me, it's one of the standout tracks on the album. It's half the song is the introduction. It's about two minutes, 40 introductions to it. Starts with a rapid drum intro and then the guitar kicks in. And it's just, for me, it's just, it sums up Jim Morrison's vibe. It's just really chilled, really mellow. It builds, especially when the lyrics kick in. Um, and the link uh, was apparently the riff is very similar to All Day and All of the Night and there was a bit of a, a, bit of a court case going on there you got it got it in your head um, Jim uh, sorry the band always denied it and Jim Morrison always said that it was um, I think it was a Cream song I'm trying to remember which Cream song it was but he always said oh Sunshine of Your Love they Sunshine always claimed that it was from Sunshine of Your Love but apparently Jim Morrison did admit back in the day, privately, that yes, he did rip it off because he loved all day and all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, so there you go. But I just, I just the doors can't do much wrong for me, and it's just yeah, you, yeah. I can, can see the, I can see, I can see the um, the link there. Polarity. Yeah, if you listen to it, you, you'll really notice it. Yeah, it's it's a bit like um, Coldplay and Clocks. If you listen to Bronski beat Small Town Boy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And no one ever, when, when Clocks came out and became such a great hit, and it was, don't get me wrong, mm. but I, I instantly thought, that's Bronski beat Small Town Boy. And, and now that you say uh, that about um, the Doors track, I think, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's it completely up off of the kinks. I think it was a drum beat more than anything else that they were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But a brilliant song, and I think yeah. I've said before how much I love the Doors, so that had to be in there. Yeah, I'm a massive Doors fan myself, as you know, Daz. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. There was an out-of-court settlement in the end, and Ray Manzarek eventually admitted that um, it was a lot like a King song, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Ray Manzarek as well, rest in peace. That wasn't long ago, was it? No. Oh, no, yeah. Great. So, yeah, some great keyboards on that track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Mr. Thank Hollywood, you. Kark, your turn. Kark. It's Kark's Kark. turn, right? 
So um, this this song is actually my karaoke song, and I, I first sang it. Abigail. No, not quite. Not quite but, yeah. In the words of Roy Walker, you're close, but you're not right. <laughs> uh, so I, I first sang this at a karaoke on the Isle of Butte, in uh, in the capital, the capital of the Isle of Butte, uh, Rothsey, to a very good friend of mine. Uh, Pete Moore, and if he's listening, hello Pete. Pete and I went to uh, Stirling together to, to do our masters. Uh, Pete, infinitely more intelligent than me, uh, he was a Cambridge graduate who, just for a jolly, decided to do a masters up in Stirling. Anyway, Pete, most one of the most down to earth guys and and shyest guys I've ever come across. So I don't know why I'm laughing because this mortified him uh, because I dedicated it to him. And I got up in this very very rough as buggery pub and um <laughs> sang it to him to, to the point other types to, of buggery are available to, to, <laughs> so we had to so you had to get up uh, there were a bunch of us it was like a sterling university get, re, get, um, you know um revival um so he had to get up and he went to the bathroom and uh, i shouted over the microphone i'll be in in a minute <laughs> so, so anyway the song is by Tammy Wynette and it's Stand By Your Man oh. and, and that is that's that's my staple when it comes to karaoke and I haven't, I haven't sung karaoke for a while but I, I suffice it to say I murdered the song uh, I didn't I, I bludgeoned it to death and uh, anyway it got a great reception from all the very heterosexual guys in the pub who were wondering where Pete was and um, yeah he didn't speak to me for a few pubs after that but, but now we oh how we laugh when we when we reminisce and uh, and that song comes on on the uh, the jukebox or uh, we're having karaoke so stand by your man for for reasons not necessarily because it's one of the best well it is I mean Tommy went out was phenomenal but uh, it's it's more to do with the memories and I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that that was a 1968 track. Yeah, I can't believe that 68. I thought it was later than that, but I think it was re-released, wasn't it, in the 70s? Yeah. So she yeah. it was released in September 68 in the US and 75 in the UK. Okay. Because because she won a Grammy Award in 70 for uh, best for that for that song for best country vocal performance. Really, and uh, of course she went on, on to uh, took her into the um, the Grammy Hall of Fame, and the same year I believe, D I V O R C E. I was actually going to check. I was wondering if that came first, and they they, they rode on the coattails. Yeah, yeah. The Billy Connolly version came out first. No, that's oh. that's. I'm I'm I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, no, D I V O R C E came out before Stand By Your Man. So it was a very successful year right. for Tommy. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice right. choice. Good choice. Cheers. But a, yeah, good and as we've just established, it was a cover by uh, none other, well, Dolly, obviously, and Billy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Unexpected one, that, Mark, I think. You've done a good one there. Cheers, chaps. I didn't yeah. want to go for the obvious ones. You know, there's so there are so many Beatles songs and I was like, oh, I love that one. I love that one too. Stones as well. Uh, 
great some great tunes by the uh, the, the Who, but call out to, to Andy Slav. Um, it's it's just hard to choose. It really is hard to choose from all of those. Yeah. So I thought I'd go a bit, I throw a curveball, go a bit left yeah. field, and and uh, put a bit of. You never call a country in Western. It's country. <laughs> it's country. Okay. I've had a I've had a row about that. Brilliant. So uh, One second. it's like a country song in there. In fact, two of my four are country songs. Get on. What go. a big country fan you are. <laughs> I am. I have, I have to be to love you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm not going to do a Beatles one. Uh, this one is, uh, in essence, it's a gospel song based on the biblical perceptions of uh, sinning and judgment day. And when you hear the opening of this one, it's got this galloping piano that, that starts it off and you get a few few bars of that coming through. And then you get Nina Simone's voice coming in over the top. Oh, cinema, Cinnaman, where are you going to run to? And she carries on like that and you just canter along at a pace. Um, for, for me, it's uh, a, a, also a really good memory of one of my daughter's dance shows she was in. So uh, they, she was part of a, a group of dance schools that got together once a year, uh, 3D dance, I think it was called, and all the different dance schools did something. And there's, and then you have to go along to watch these things. And of course, you're only just waiting for your daughter to come along which in some of the shows aren't great, but these ones, they're all really good. So some great music comes out in those. So Nitin Sahorny and different people, all different ones. And when I when I heard uh, Cinnamon and being played and you had um, one, of, one of the other troops dancing along to this, it was a lively piece, obviously. So I don't know if you're familiar with this one. It's great. And what I like is when you get to the end, you get to do some clapping as well. So if you do some proper, get, get along with it. Um, it's a wonderful song. There's some lines which even I could probably karaoke to, but I couldn't really hit those notes the same way as Nina Simone does. Um, so no Beatles, but in with Nina Simone. Oh, give it a go. Go on, give Nina a go. Yeah, right. You haven't heard me Not sing. Her. She's long dead. No. That's David's karaoke go-to, that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, what a voice she had. What a voice yeah. she had. Yeah, and did, it's a good carrier tune. Yeah, did she? Mum we used to say. Did she write that? Um, that is a good did question. She... I, I'll check. I didn't didn't check on that beforehand. I mean, it's from her background. It feels like it could mm -hmm. be something that she, um, she was involved in. Um, yeah, something a little bit more upbeat than some of her other ones. Mm. I, I think, you know, a lot of these, uh, uh, Tammy and Dolly, uh, Billy Holiday, and, uh, you know, they, they all, they either chose songs that were really pertinent to their own lives, or they wrote them themselves. Yeah, Baxter and Holt were the songwriters. Baxter, oh, well, there you go. They were famous for quite a few others, weren't they? But it was a traditional spiritual song, so. So it's one that would have been uh, around oh, for right. quite a while, which um, and obviously Baxter and Holt managed to conjure up this this wonderful song for uh, Nina Simone. Lovely, nice, good choice, excellent choice. Oh yeah.
Okay. And I do know this one. Okay. Alan, back around to you. Back to me, number three. Um, I just thought, I think I might have chosen this before on a previous thing. Just come to me. This is actually a country country song. Uh, written by Jimmy Webb. Um, he was going along some road and he saw this line after line of telephone poles. And um, all he could see in the distance was um, a guy up a pole. And he was thinking what a, you know, he was working on his own or he was just thinking what a lonely job it must be. And so he thought about his own sort of situation. And from that he wrote uh, a tune called uh, Wichita Lineman, and um, which was first covered in 1968 by uh, the great uh, Glenn Campbell. I mean, it's just a fantastic song from from the first note. And I just love the bit when it goes that bit. And um, yeah, again, a big shout out to to my mate, uh, my mate Sean Lee. He's actually from Wichita. Oh, and, uh, he, uh, he, he. I've seen him uh, perform this uh, song live uh, just about two years ago um, uh, in a chapel down in in London, in the middle of Soho, would you believe? And uh, yeah, great. It's just a great track. I, I don't care who sings it, uh, but uh, it's always a good rendition. Um, it just gets me, and I just, I just like the, the thought of somebody, you know, driving through the, uh, you know, the desert or uh, outbacks or whatever it is, and and then uh, and a song just comes to him like that, um, about you know, about loneliness really, I suppose. But yeah, great track, and um, that was my. Uh, third choice from 1968 yeah and that was also my second country and western song oh dear don't don't oh. call it country and western oh. Yeah. Oh. right jones you out, jones yeah. outside now oh. <laughs> i if you, you could be a big country and west country fan i could okay. be a big country fan as well yeah i think david's got a lot of editing to do after this uh, <laughs> No, great choice, great choice. Um, this was my my second country song, so I'm frantically looking at my reserve list. That would have been on my list as well, but when I was looking at songs, I didn't come across that one for 1968. Yeah. Really weird, but yeah, great yeah. song. Can't go wrong with that one, but I think we well, all had it. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, what was the cover of that one? Uh, who was it by on um, the BF? Uh, Glenn Gregory. Glenn Gregory, that's it. Yeah. I think it was Glenn Gregory on um, the um, BEF. I'm sure we've talked about yeah. this song British, before. Uh, British, British Electronic Foundation. Yeah. Um, yeah, Glenn Gregory uh, of Heaven 17, uh, of course. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure I've mentioned the Jake Bug version as well. Thank you, did. Uh, in more recent times, oh. the last sort of five or six years. And that's a really stunning cover version as well. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, brilliant song now. That's why it keeps getting covered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, on to uh, Darren. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Alan. So, okay, so I think we've all tried to shy away from a certain Scouse band, um, but there's one song that I couldn't shy away from. So I have gone for them. Uh, I've gone for, uh, there's no point glamming it up, it's Hey Jude. Yeah. Uh, hey Jude, for me, had to go in. It's epic. It clocks in at over eight minutes long, which I think was the first number one or first top ten, ten single of its time. Um, non-album single, not even on an album. That's what how good the Beatles were. It was their first release on Apple Recordings after they switched over to Apple Records. Um, originally, well, the song evolved from Hey Jules, and it was written for McCartney wrote it to comfort Ju Julian Lennon after John Lennon had left his wife, the Yoko. Um, oh. And it's a real song of hope, a real song of hope and continuing and that life goes on and. And it's just fantastic how the second half, the first four minutes is the song. The second half is what everybody sings along, but na 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 nas. Yeah. Four minutes of it. It lasts over four minutes. Um, and it's just such a tune. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart, then you can start to make it better. Oh, amazing. So I had to get the Beatles in there. Um, I may not be the only one, but we'll find out. Yeah, great tune. Oh, yeah, great tune. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We both back then, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sure there was four or five Beatles track, I think, I think, released that year. Yeah. yeah. Could have been any of them, but I, I had to go for this. Um, like, could have been in, like, top 24. Yeah. This, yeah. this this song uh, every time um, makes me uh, get emotional. It does. Yeah. Uh, I love I love it. I love it. I, they, they had some they had great tunes. Lady Madonna that year as well came out. Mm -hmm. um, Dear yeah. Prudence as well. Yeah, that's a tune. I nearly went for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, hey, Jude, it's a, it's the classic on on that Apple label, and they say I remember finding coming across. The, the single, the 45, in my dad's old collection, and he didn't have the original sleeve, and it was scratched to buggery on the A side. Yeah. And um, in, in mint condition, back then, in the 90s, it was worth about 800 quid on the uh, a first press of Hey Jude. God, God only knows what it would be worth now. Um, we can consult our record collector, magazines to see what it's worth yeah yeah it's just a great song and i've seen mccartney a few times live uh the last time was at hamden i think it was in 2010 and hey jude it's just it's a, it's a bit like we are the champions isn't it yeah it's, yeah uh, it's it's the last track and everybody gets gets it and well, joins in i don't think he's ever stopped playing that one live has he to my knowledge no no, and he, have to have a whole crowd. They'd sing that back at him for an hour yeah. if he wanted to. You know. Absolutely, and he yeah. did it with, um, you know, Shea Stadium, which used to be the home of the New York Mets. Yeah. Uh, Billy Joel was asked to um, do a concert with a few guests. Tony Bennett was one. Garth Brooks was another, yeah. and of course the, the the swan song or the swan songs were with the great Paul McCartney. And they did hedge you together. 
with the two of them on, on piano. Epic. Imagine being there. Yeah. So playing along to that. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful yeah. song. And it, it you can tell as well, McCartney's really speaking from the heart. You listen to songs like Yesterday and Hey Jude, they just stop you, in, stop you in your tracks when you listen to them. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah, great. Mark, now you talk about your one. Yeah, I've been, I've been kind of, so <laughs> I've been caught off uh, guard here a wee bit, but I am going to go for a song that came out uh, by one of my favourite bands of the 60s. Uh, he's been mentioned before, earlier in the conversation, the great Ray Davis. It's the um, it's the title song uh, from the album, uh, and it's the Village Green Preservation Society, famously used in the film. Uh, <laughs> and you're 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 giving the thumbs up. You know which one of those. Yep. Uh, the yeah. Italian, the Italian yeah. job yeah. when they're hanging right. off the end of the cliff. Yeah. So the Village Green Preservation Society is not only my uh, favorite. Well, it wouldn't be my favorite song on the album. It's my favorite Kinks album, and uh, like w with with a lot of songs that I choose, it conjure up memories, and uh, I just love it. It's so tongue in cheek. It's so. It's what Ray Davis did so, so well. He took a very serious subject and made light of it. Uh, whether it was Lola or Waterloo Sunset, um, he just made them so catchy. And and this wasn't as as big as a hit, really. I think the film made it a hit. But uh, yeah, this came out in November uh, 68. So that's going in as my... Uh, replacement to my country song. It, it, nice replacement, mate. No, that's good. It's almost yeah. like with um, the Beatles and Rolling Stones, and and several other bands, it sort of starved the oxygen for the Kinks to really get the recognition and claim uh, acclaim that they deserved. Yeah, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. There were so many great songs, and if that came out, I don't know, a year later, a couple of years later, it would have shot up the charts. I don't know what position it got to, but um, it would have been hammered down the charts by some some other great songs. Um, but the Kinks as well, everybody thinks of the Stones, the Who, the Beatles, obviously. The Kinks were just on that, I don't know, if you go from the Premiership to the Championship, that's where they were. But if you look at their back catalogue, amazing. Really, really amazing. Um, I think Davis, he wanted to sum up the Kinks uh, general sentiment of preserving the past that appears throughout the album. He said in a 68 interview, somebody just mentioned to me that the Kinks do try to preserve things. We're all for that looking back thing. I thought it'd be a nice idea to try to sum it up in one song. All the things in the song are things I'd like to see preserved. And later he called the song an affectionate acknowledgement of culture. Wow, excellent. And, and he just, and like going back to just what I said, he makes serious issues very light and floaty. Like, you know, as I said, songs like Lola, Victoria, Waterloo Sunset. He, he just could, he could write a tune that could be just humming in your head. 
all the time. All day and all night. And that one as well. Yeah. Excellent. What a choice. How many have we got? Is that for, have all of us done three now? I've just got one to do now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I am going to do one which has been considered by some to be the worst song ever. Oh, um, wow. But but there's kind of a split on it. And there's this, well, I, I've, I've included it because it's a song which I really did enjoy um, when I first heard it back in the, it would have been the 70s, maybe in the 60s, but I wouldn't have appreciated it. Um, again, there's, there's kind of a theme with some of these ones that I've picked. I don't know if it's to do... I think someone's already mentioned LSD. Don't know what was going on, but uh, this particular song, no one can really say what it was all about, even though it was written by Tunesmith Jimmy Webb. So a connection back to oh, Alan's one already. Oh, uh, that's what I yeah, yeah. So, uh, but so whilst it's sort of some people thought it was rubbish, they did talk about it, and it created a stir uh, and and sort of polemic. But at least it's not quite like uh, Shatner's Tambourine Man, which I think came out around the same time as well. Uh, uh, great or terrible, though, it's a really strong pop song. Um, it comes in at a whopping seven minutes, uh, sung by a man who couldn't really sing, but did. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, know did, did, did become Dumbledore in the end. Yes, yes. Um, Richard Harris, yeah. Richard Harris's MacArthur Park. And look. Uh -huh. I don't know if you know if you know that one, Darren. It might not be one you've heard. I'm trying to think, there's been a few covers of it. Yeah, Donna I Summer. Mean, Donna cover? Summer. Donna Summer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A more... seventeen-minute version. The Georgia Maroda version. Yeah. Oh, David, you've made my night. You've made my night. Uh, I I tell you why, because I was I was looking at that because it is so bad. It's good. Oh. Um, and the lyrics. So I'm, there's I'm... a chorus. Let me just give you the chorus. Yeah. MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark, all the sweet green icing flying down. Someone left the cake out in the rain. I don't think I can take it because it took so long to bake it and I'll never have that <laughs> recipe again. And that's a chorus. So you get that thrown at you. Wow. Okay. But you know what? It's a, it's, I, I do like it as a pop song. It's complicated. Um, there's a great instrumental in there in, in the middle of it, sort of second or in, in uh, third quarter on it, which is great. Uh, and I think because it's um, unfathomable, people have come up with all sorts of ideas about what it's really about, what it's meant. Um, there's an assertion that it's something to do about the assassination of J JFK or or his brother. Um, loads of good stuff on. Sorry, um, loads of good stuff on there. Um, to keep you interested, you put it on. It's an epic, and you just think, "What the hell have I just listened to?" Yeah, uh, great choice. I was introduced to this at a very young age, and thought, "What in God's earth is this? Is this meant to be music?" <laughs> and as you grow older, you appreciate it, and um, for obvious reasons, Richard Harris being one of our own, uh, and his, his son Jared Harris has been handed the baton as and is, is equally successful as an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe this. I, I, William Shatner obviously likes to take the piss out of himself, and I love people oh. who are self-deprecating, who who just don't care and say you can like it or lump it. And Richard Harris, notoriously a bit of a a bit of a um, pisshead, he liked to, he liked to drink. 
<laughs> along with um, Oliver Reed and, and all, all these hardcore yeah. guys back in the, the 60s and 70s. And then he came out with, he must have been under the influence when he, oh. he decided to record this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in 1968, you're thinking, you're up against the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, you name it. And he came out with this one. And it did well. Yeah, it did. Because I think everybody was off their face. They, they were they were off their faces. That's the MacArthur Park on, and the longer the better. That's you know I guess prog rock yeah, was really. so successful because of that. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah. Nice. Did he write it? Did he write it? Oh, Jimmy Webb. Jimmy oh, Webb. Yeah. 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 He um he went to Tem uh, well I'm I'm from Tembe in West Wales, and um, he went to uh, to Tembe for a few days. This would be this would be eighties, early eighties. And he drank it dry. And uh, and he uh, took a a liking to the waitress, and uh, the waitress ended up. Going away, off with him. Going away, actually, being an item. Wow, there you go. Yeah, I, I like the way you said Tenby, West Wales, for the benefit of Liz Truss, who's listening. Uh, she obviously gets her Baltic mixed up with her Balkans. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, who's uh, Liz Truss? I'm sorry, ten, what's the connection? Ten, ten, well, you know, she, oh, it's, um, it's a current affairs thing. Liz Truss, our foreign secretary, has been caught out on a number of occasions in the last couple of weeks, uh, she mixed up the Baltic states with the Balkans. Oh, I see what you easy, mean. Easy mistake, <laughs> easy mistake to make on the uh, yeah. on the verge of World War Three, and uh, and then said to the foreign, the Russian foreign secretary today, yeah. uh, Mr. Lavrov, um, no, you can't have those those bits of Russia. Um, he, he he mentioned two bits of Russia, and he said, well, actually. They, they they are part of Russia, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fight us to get those back. So um, she she's uh, she's not the brightest or the, the sharpest mm. tool in the box. No. Anyway, she knows now that Ten B is in West Wales. Yeah, you, you couldn't trust that, could you? Oh, um, just keep coming, Alan. Your turn to give us your final choice. Right. Okay. Um, well. We had Mark mentioned the word hush uh, earlier, but and we've got a second song which includes hush in the title. Uh, that, 1968, biggest film of that year was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, yeah. And a little, uh, little song in there sung by Dick Van Dyke. No other. What do they call them? A little uh, when I try to put kids to gets kids to go to sleep. What, lullaby. That's it. I've lost it. Yeah, I've lost it. But it's a lullaby, and I I remember going to see the film. I thought it was Carl Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I remember going to see the film, and uh, so you have this lullaby. Uh, halfway through, when when Dick Van Dyke's trying to get his kids to sleep, and particularly the uh, the the young girl, um, and uh, 
he, he paints a picture of this uh, place called Hushabari Mountain. And I just loved that song at the time, and I just love it now. It's uh, got great sentiment, can easily, yeah, does its job, can send it to sleep. Um, but um, I just thought that's when they made films, proper films. You had proper, you know, actors there. Everything was a, in those, when a film came out, it was a massive deal, you know, because you didn't have as many as they do as they do now or have done in, you know, in recent years, you know, prior to to COVID. But in those days, in 1968, uh, great. The whole film is is great. I mean, I don't need to talk about Tijin Bang Bang the Car, but everybody knows it. And uh, but yeah, that's a great nugget of a song amongst the whole soundtrack in there and uh yeah could make you cry oh. uh, I'm, I'm actually genuinely i'm not taking a piss here but i'm actually quite emotional listening to this um i love chitty chitty bang bang it's a great film it's a great stage play as well um it was my, my daughter kate uh, she she's 23 now and it was her birthday a, a few days back on the 8th of february and it was the last theatre production I took her to was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and I I, I think I bawled my eyes all the way through it. It's, mm -hmm. I remember um, just after I was divorced in 2007 my, my friend Matt and I decided to um, do a tour of Eastern Europe and we ended up in Ljubljana in Slovenia and it is like you've just stepped into Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, I just remember wandering around the place uh, looking for Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I, I I totally love that film. I could I there there are a few films that capture your childhood, and 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 I guess this reaches across from Darren and I to you two audience. <laughs> um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's it's it's a classic, and I oh, yes. just like the sound of music and and Mary Poppins, mm. the, the the songs they wrote. For these great films were just amazing, and it's a lot. I think it's a lost art. I can't, apart from the Disney cartoons, I can't think of a film like that, like you know, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or Mary Poppins, whereby you're you're singing twenty years later, 25, 30, 40 years later, the songs, mm -hmm. and them conjuring up such great memories. I suppose the only, I suppose you you could say Mamma Mia. Uh, because all the, the the songs were were hits, you know, long before yeah, the film. But, but you're but right, the, Mark, They just don't make, and it's probably why I don't watch films. Perhaps yeah. I'm missing out. But you Perhaps see, I'm missing out in a big way. Yeah. So, so Mamma Mia was written by a band and then turned into a film. Yeah. Whereas these songs were made for the script. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. And the film, you know, and that's what that's what makes them so great. Yeah. So it's not just um, you know the cinema the production it's you know the, the film it's the songs yeah 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 so yeah that's my fourth and final choice i say i could have picked another 20 um such a great year for for music and um yeah no that's great cool. um, lovely choice nice one okay i think we're on my final one aren't we yeah, yeah. so this is another song that was not written for a film, but has been featured in many films, like a couple that we've had tonight. 
um, such as Coneheads, if anybody remembers Coneheads, <laughs> Team America, World Police, Apollo 13, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, version 2. Um, but for me, I remember it, and this film actually introduced me to this song, and it's Reservoir Dogs. The track is Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. Very good. Um, written by the singer John Kay and uh, the bass player Rushton Morev. Morev, not sure how you pronounce that. Um, for me, when I still when I listen to this song, it's 1968, but the opening bars in the intro, which is about one and a half minutes long, it could be modern. It could be written by the Kings of Leon or the Killers or U2. Every time I hear it, I think it dates it slightly when the singing starts and the main riff kicks in. Um, but I just think the song's amazing. There's not much to say about it, apart from I discovered it on the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack. It actually, this song has similar sales to Born to be Wild in the same year by Steppenwolf. Um, both released in 1968. And I just love the song. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you listen to that intro, and if you don't, you may not agree with me, but see if you think it sounds like a modern song. Could have been written yesterday. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and going from the flip of what Alan, we were talking about with Alan, of, um, you know, songs that were written specifically for the film, mm. Tarantino picked great songs for the film. And he did it so well with he's done it so well with every single film that he's he's uh, he's touched. Yeah, and Magic Carpet. Yeah, and there's a, there's a large part of uh, tongue in cheek irony when he sticks a song like that in 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 a certain scene. You're thinking, uh, why why is he putting it in? He, he, I'd love to do a, a degree in film uh, film you know studies and really dig deep into Tarantino on why he chooses these songs. Some of them are very obvious. That's a great one, though. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that tonight. I wasn't expecting that. No, neither was I when I was compiling the list. <clears> and I thought, it, it, I whittled it down to sort of 10 or 11. I thought, that's got to go in. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird you should say that, because a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Molly, if you're listening, she did do a media or film degree, and she interviewed Tarantino. Wow. We're going back to 20 years ago, <laughs> before he became maybe 30 years ago, just before he became a megastar. But yeah, she got to interview and sit, actually sit down face to face with him. Oh, so, can we get Molly on sometime? Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. She'd love to. She'd love to. Yeah. But I did, the closest I've got to um, Tarantino-esque style is I directed a pantomime some years ago and it was Aladdin. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> oh yes, I did. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was waiting for that. And I actually got Magic Carpet Ride into Aladdin as the Magic Carpet flew off. That's my Tarantino <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. So yeah, had to go in for me. Great song. Love it. How's it go? Uh, why don't you come with me, little girl, on a Magic Carpet Ride? Yeah, bow, 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 bow. Like that, I bet. I don't think I've heard that. I didn't oh, do it much justice. I didn't do yeah. it much justice. Oh, you'll, know it. you'll know it if you listen to it, I reckon. I'll. Oh, right, okay. Daz, did, Daz, did you see yourself on TV last week? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I missed it until it started doing the rounds on Facebook. Right. Yeah, there wasn't Crime Watch before you asked anyone. <laughs> um, it, we're, still, we're, still, 
We're still trying oh. to save our local theatre, and it was a clip of my pantomime. Oh, good. Who's that lady who did the who they were interviewing? The um, you know from representing your cause. Oh, did you see it? Um, Claire. Yeah. Let a, yeah, let a young lady called Claire Claire Holden that's doing a lot of work. I'd say that she's got a great presence. I could watch her for hours. Yeah, it's very she convincing. Does. She's a brilliant very convincing. person for us to in the campaign. Yeah, yeah. she's very. I think, she wa- she, I think she's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's good. That came across. Yeah. 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 yeah I must agree. Very yeah. convincing. She's oh, she's good. taught some of our kids how to. Or act and perform and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Most of our kids have gone through that process with her, haven't they? Yeah. Nice. Great. Yeah. Very great personality. Very bubbly and energetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> Marky Mark or Kark Kark. 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 Kark's at it again. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we go from Hushabai Mountain, uh, Magic <laughs> Carpet Ride, to, to something that, that actually... You, you could stick on right now if you're watching the news and um, which I do a lot too much in fact I need help um, you could stick it on and, and you could swear that this song was written for this time uh, the lyrics were inspired by a book called The Master and Margarita um, written by Mikhail Bulgatov it was given to the guy who wrote the song by his then girlfriend Marianne Faithful. She came from a similar background to David, you know, upper class, and uh, exposed exposed uh, him to a lot of ideas with this book. And in the book, the devil is a sophisticated socialite, a man of wealth and taste. Please mm-hmm. allow me to introduce myself. Nice. It is Sympathy for the Devil. This well. song for me is is just i i well i put i put it in the top three along with gimme shelter and painted black i think this is uh is is just such a great uh, song and encapsulates uh, the world in which we live right now and probably from when it was written in 1968 when we were in the throes of uh the space race uh the cold war and everything could have gone wrong at the time of course vietnam was on at the time the original title for the song was the devil is my name jagger said songs can metamorphosize and sympathy for the devil is one of those songs that started off like one thing he wrote it one way and then they started to change the rhythm it became completely different and then it got very exciting started off as a folk song became a samba so he said a good song can become anything it's got lots of historical references lots of poetry it's for me probably uh there there i said i mean people say satisfaction what have you for me it's their bohemian rhapsody sympathy for the devil and it's another song that just it throws you into that time oh yeah it throws you so right it drags into you back doesn't it? absolutely so sympathy for the devil is my choice number four so sorry i didn't get a beatles track in even though i'm a, a more a beatles man but you made up for their darn with uh, yeah, Hedgy. Yeah, well, who'd have thought the Beatles and the Stones would be in a 1968 list? Who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that brilliant song. I think a few years back, I was in a Rolling Stones covers band, and that was by far my favourite one to sing. Yeah. So much taste. It's epic. It really is. It, it yeah. covers, you know, the Russian Revolution, World War Two, Kennedy assassinations. Yeah. 
uh, our Lord's our Lord's death on the cross, um, everything, and it, it sticks it into I don't know what many minutes, three and a half minutes or something like that, and it just squeezes in to nineteen sixty eight by twenty five days. It was released on the sixth of December nineteen sixty eight. Oh wow! Yeah, brilliant. That's probably my favourite song that's been mentioned yeah, tonight. One. Yeah, has that had any covers? It's a tricky song to cover, isn't it? Oh, you've, you've done cool. it. You've done it, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was brave enough. <laughs> I, I don't think it. I don't think it has been. Maybe uh, I'm, I'm just having a quick, quick look. But uh, you know, so maybe they have covered. You know, Please other bands have covered it in. Um, you know, on a, on a live act. Right. Yeah. But uh, I can't think off the top of my head. I can't, as, as an I can't encore of... rather than a... Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll get on with mine, and then if you find it, you can chip it in uh, at the end. Sure. Okay, so my one. Um, I'm not sure if everyone's heard this or not. Uh, it's a song about a lovelorn woman who's so enraptured by her man that she's willing to break up for yes, another piece of her heart, if only he'd take it... Uh, the singer, uh, she shows off her great uh, vocal dexterity, and it's really in her wheelhouse in terms of the the dynamics and the subject matter. Um, she played this, uh, performed this at uh, a very famous concert in 1969 in Woodstock. She did this as one of her encores, but she was on her own by then. Um, the year before, so 68, she, she then left the band she was with. And by 1970, she was dead. So it's the Big Brother and the Holding Company with uh, Janis Joplin. She sung, oh. she sung on two of their albums. This was the second one. Um, I mean, this was effectively Janis Joplin and the Big Brother and Holding Company. <laughs> the, the way it was set up, she was such a leading light on it uh, in, in terms of... Uh, taking front stage and centre for, for the band. Um, uh, could have picked a number of records, but uh, 1968, this was hers and probably said showcased her abilities to the full. Uh, wonderful song. Um, it was, uh, obviously she passed away a couple of years later. Um, this was her most successful song as well in her career. And that's very short and very sweet and we're under an hour 15. That's good. I've done all right. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Guns, and, <clears throat> Guns and Roses did it. Oh, yes. Oh, did they? What, I really? Yeah. It was uh, on, in the soundtrack for um, Interview with the Vampire. Oh, uh, right. I, I think I think Annie I did Lennox. mention. Annie Lennox was in that. Am I getting from confused? <laughs> Uh, well, I, th yeah. I think I think I did mention Guns N' Roses, but I I, I often associate, yeah. So, uh, interview with a vampire. That was was that not uh, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, I think it was Dracula. She did, didn't she? We're we're, we're taken away from. David's yeah. choice. Anyone, anyone, no, 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 it's okay. I'll just make sure for the listeners doesn't think that Guns N' Roses did a cover of Pieces of My Heart. <laughs> no, they, 
Well, they might have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done. Well, you've got another one there, David, that I, I don't really know, I don't think. Stick it on the playlist. Scotland, but not that song. Yeah, I don't know that one. I've heard of Janis Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. But... yeah. Alice Staines. It's a lot of you. Tell you what, it's going to be a cracking playlist, this one, though, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, it's quite an eclectic mix. Yeah, some real bangers on there. Yeah, it's very eclectic. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, so, Hush about you, man. Yeah. So I've just said, you're, you recognise the cover, Darren? Yeah. Yeah. The Robert Great Crumb thing. cover. Yeah. Or it was it was re released, so it's not quite oh, as okay. crackly. Um, oh, nice. On there, so yeah, the the original album for for this album, Cheap Thrills, as it was called, had a, a quite a famous Robert. Is it Robert Crumb? Um, cartoon cover. Okay, nice. Yeah, I need that cover. I need to buy that version, I think. Yeah. yeah. Looks good. Right, Alan, no, you're kind of a quizzical. Well, as I said, she was she was performed in she was with the Big Brother and the Holding Company for the first two uh for their first two albums and then she oh, went her own way the after after that album, after that hit. And, I, sorry, I, Scott Joplin. Sorry, Scott is Scott Joplin collected. I doubt it. Oh, oh, I, I, don't I don't know. Maybe I would be a grandfather, wouldn't it? I think. Or... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'll look it up while you're chatting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Janice Joplin. Well, okay. Want yeah, I want it like a car bonnet. Uh, I have a you keep. Keep talking amongst okay. yourselves. I'm just rearranging the deck chairs. Famous Joplins. Two Joplins, both famous, both Texan. Yeah. Well, I don't think they were. Right. Joplin. I'm sure he was like, uh, like ragtime music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Music for pop like. She performed with uh, Tom Jones, by the way. Did she? Yeah. That's yeah. the second time tonight I can say that's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, there were some great other tracks. Could have, um, it's going to give some I, others. Yeah, off your twenty-four. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, do we do we want to give the, the listeners our our list? I mean, I'm, well, I'm let, let Alan go this. through his quickly, and then yeah, they'll probably yeah, eat I, off most I, of ours. We were asked to pick six, so I'm just going to mention Cream White Room. Yeah, uh, because again, I, it's been a lot of covered, but I got to know this track because um, it was played by Hugh Cornwall and Robert Williams um, on the on their Nosferatu album that came out in 1979. And uh, yeah, Queen White Room, then I knew it with you know Ginger Baker and drums. Uh, I know, uh, and, and Eric Clapton on guitar, and yeah. Jack Bruce doing the singing. Yeah, um, and then it, just another one um, because it always reminds me of Tony Blackburn. Tony Blackburn, I mean, they always <laughs> call him Tony Blackburn uh, from the Benny Hill sketch. Um, Tony Blackburn show, The Foundation, Fill Me Up Buttercup. Oh, I had that as well. Uh, yeah. Great song. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Shout out there to Tony Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I had a couple on there. 
and sitting on the dock of a bay was very nearly end. I thought that was yeah. going to be called out by someone. Yeah, yeah. that was nearly end. Uh, Green Tavernay, <coughs> Lemon Pipers, I love that tune. Yeah, I... Do you know, I... Oh, blinking it. In my yeah. first original, in my head, I had that song. Yeah. And it went out of my head, Green Tambourine. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I picked up their album on Record Store Day, which yeah. I never heard before, but yeah, really good. <coughs> and status Quo nearly made it in. Pictures of oh. Magic Man. Yeah. And uh, Aretha Franklin, say a little prayer. There's there have some great songs on there. Yeah, Dusty right. Springfield. So. Yeah. Them a preacher man. Great Crazy song. world of Arthur Brown. That was one of my backups. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a tune. Uh, I had um, Susie Q by Creedence Clearwater. Yeah. Revival. I had Delilah by Tom Jones. Yeah, I mean that's on my list. Not unusual. I chose. I chose, <laughs> I chose not to uh, because of and he's been mentioned before and it's it was in my top three cover versions. Yeah. With a little help from my friends by Joe Cocker was it nineteen sixty eight? Yeah. I had uh, Dear Prudence by the Beatles. Yeah. I had Cypress Avenue by the man we love to hate, uh Van Morrison. Yeah. yeah. God, what an arse he's turned out to be, eh? <laughs> um then Marvin Gaye and Tommy Terrell, uh You're All I Need to Get By, which I think is one of the most beautiful love songs I've ever, ever listened to. Uh and I, it was shortly before uh, she died, uh, unfortunately, of a brain tumour. But we'll, we'll, you know, we'll not take down the the mood. For once in my life, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And then I had Build Me Up Buttercup. <laughs> I had Hey Jude and I had White Room. All right. Let me just throw in a couple so more then. Um, Canned Heat. Canned Heat on the road again. Yeah. Stevie's yeah. on the road again. <laughs> Great and, tune, yeah. And uh, the zombies, time of the season. Yeah. Yes. So, was that a one-hit wonder? And no, no, the zombies, no, no. no, no. He's not there. She's not there. Was in a yeah. Tarantino Kill Bill, was it? I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, uh, there was another Doors one, like my fire. Yeah. That yeah, I nearly there. made it. Yeah. Um, and also uh, heard it through the grapevine. That was out as well. That's oh, same crikey. Oh. Was it? Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine even like eight or nine songs so iconic coming out yeah. in 2022? No. Can you imagine no. it? No. no. Uh, They'd all be covers. Imagine us having to buy all these records. Uh, we're not going to be talking about any of this year's in 50 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. I mean, is, is it us because we're getting old? Or do I mean do your your yeah. kids say the same thing? Yeah, no, my you know, my kids don't like modern music. They'd rather listen to something a bit older. Something yeah, better. I mean, yeah. my my daughter Grace is fourteen and she listens to stuff that I listen to. Yeah, and, and well, that's that says something. My my kids, thirty and 30, 30, 31, 30, I don't know what thirty one, thirty three. That bloke Dave on the Brit. He's great, apparently. <laughs> that back all day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are they? No. <laughs> my, my, my friend Claire, um, who hopefully she's listening, she was saying to me that she was watching the Brits and uh, 
she, she basically said, sent me a text saying, I'm, I'm definitely getting old. Because um, she, she only, I think it was Adele. She recognised Adele. And do, do you remember we used to bump our gums on top of the pops and think you had somebody featuring someone and then for years it was someone featuring someone else who you, who you'd never heard of. And I've watched all the top of the pops, uh, you know, the retros they have on BBC three or BBC, uh, BBC two, and they'll go into the mid nineties and it was someone featuring someone, the entire top 20 <laughs> featuring someone. Yeah. So can you not do it on your own? Can you not just no. do it on, do it by <laughs> yourself? I think that's happening a lot again now. I think. Oh, it's depressing. Stuff like that, yeah. And it's I think depressing. we've got to be a bit careful, haven't we? Because we're talking chart music, aren't we? But there's there's a lot of good music out there, good modern music. Well, well said, Dan. Sorry, Daz, to over, right. over you. These 1968, all the songs we've spoken about, they were chart singles. Yeah. That's chart. You know, they weren't on LP. Yeah. Well, some of them were LP on LPs as well, but, you know, singles were really big. Yeah. They were Money owners. You know, yeah. people could buy them. You did you 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 lick road clean. Yeah. Luxury. To save your money up. And the to thing buy is, a, now, a single down in Woolworths. <laughs> these days, oh, I like that single. Well, have you got it? No, I've been downloading it, haven't I? I've just, you know. I'll yeah. scream it. I haven't got it. I haven't paid. I haven't paid a penny to that artist. No. Hardly. Yeah. Well, it, it, that was that was. Well, that's why we love. I mean, this is what this podcast's all about. That's why we love records. Yeah. The, the hard, tangible stuff. You know, you go, you buy it. It comes through the poster. You go to the record store, and you you, you peruse, and it's it's tangible. You know, you can see it, feel it, and you stick it on, and you think. As I, we've had this conversation before in our 40s, 50s, 60s, we're, we're, we're um, privileged enough to be able to go down and afford that. When you were younger, you, you bloody well saved your pennies yeah. to oh, go yeah. down and yeah. buy it. And when you bought it, it was like gold getting it from Woolworths to the house intact <laughs> and putting it on for the first time and listening to it for the first time. Yeah. The, the voice of angels, Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of Van Halen and all these smutty words that you had to turn down when your mum was near. No headphones in those days. Then we're going to have to uh, change the tone of these. We're coming, it's coming grumpy old men show now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Well, there is, but there is still good. We're right, though. You've got to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Darren. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm missing something in that band called Dave. Then maybe it's, one of our listeners can put me on the right track. It's not for you. It's, it's not for you, Alan. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. It's not for it's not for me either. It doesn't matter. Well, exactly. I don't know. It's not for you, Mark. Thanks for you. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking we've just lost about a third of our audience or yeah. something. Like that. <laughs> they don't like Dave. Well, all those under fifteens that listen to our podcast. See, no, Dave. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave's record. Dave to me is a comedy channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. maybe that's, that's who he's named. The irony of it. Yeah, yeah. no, not good. Anyway. Alan's now uh, showing us his um, grumpy old man face there, and he did it without even, without even thinking. <laughs> the kids at 
Girl was telling me recently about this rapper called H, and I thought he was from Steps. <laughs> he bloody is. Well, apparently it's spelled A-I-T-C-H. Oh, I like that. That's actually, yeah, that's quite smart. Yeah, yeah. But it's not well, like I think, I, steps, I, I think my, I think, yeah, my nephew, my nephew's a school, he's a primary school teacher. Yeah. Um, for some reason, he calls himself Nick H. His name's Howard, Nick Howard, but he calls yeah. himself Nick H. With, you know, AI. And he's a primary school teacher. What oh. chance have we got? What's going on? Yeah, at work, at work they just call me Hollywood. I feel, I feel like, I feel like Hollywood. a pilot, and I feel like a pilot and Top Gun. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's not bad. It, it makes me sound windswept and interesting. Just call me Hollywood. Fine, <laughs> drop the H mark. Be down with the kids and call yourself Hollywood. 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 You see, but I tell you what. You see the next person that turns around to me and said anything to Paul. I'm just, I'm not having it. I, I do actually have an uncle, Paul. He might be listening right now. Um, I had an uncle, I have an uncle, Paul Hollywood, and he's not that's a beer. The new, that's the new great band. They're being manufactured. They're, they're, they're probably just getting formed as we speak. Did any of you guys? Did any of you guys, when you were at school, um, have ideas above your station that you wanted to start a band? Uh, because I did, and. Yeah. A mate, a mate of mine, uh, I'll, I remember his name well. This is first year, so that would have been, what's that, year eight? Year eight in, in new money terms? Year seven. His name was Tom, year seven, sorry. Uh, no, we, no, we did seven years and then we did the 11 plus. Uh, year, no, it would be year eight. And it was a guy called Tommy, Thomas O'Reilly. And Tommy wanted to start a band. He was actually half decent uh, at guitar. And he, he wanted me to be lead singer. Uh, back in the day, was when I was an older boy, and our band name was Feedback, but the B was a reverse B. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about talk about thinking ahead. Yeah. Hey? No, I was in a band, the Outpatients. Yeah, we had we had quite a few different lines. We had quite a few splits for musical differences. <laughs> And breaking into each other's houses to steal stuff. So, but yeah, and in fact, we had a yeah, we had a um, uh, guy, guy, Tommy, Tommy Hewitt, otherwise known as Tommy Rock. He was he was vocals. Tommy Hitch. And then there was um, Di Spencer, otherwise known as Diarrhea. He was on vocals. And then there was me, um, uh, Alan Jones, otherwise known as Allergy. Allergy. He was on vocals. We were all on vocals. You couldn't <laughs> play any instrument. Basically, you were a Welsh choir. No, we used to sing along to songs like um, we did. Uh, what did we do? We did a couple. Uh, did, did, did. Oh, we did a, the. We had. We, uh, we did a, a Doors one. L.A. Woman. We changed yeah. it to Tell Me Woman. <laughs> uh, we did. Um, what was another one? We did the uh, Beatles one. Uh, day tripper, we changed that, changed that to prick teaser. Uh, we had another one. Uh, can't remember. Oh yeah, um, into the valley by the skids. Yeah. Changed to Yvonne and Mally. Yvonne <laughs> and Mally. 
together all the time. Uh, what else did we? Oh, another one. We did, uh, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy. Uh, on the toes. Change that to um, Jimmy Feshy, the guy we used to work for in, in the ice cream parlor. And the big side of that was um, she had a great day, not a great day, a big um, one of the girls had uh, an old, old English shoot, shoot dog, sheep dog called Boot. So instead of a can't stand losing you, it was can't stand losing Boot. So we make up all different lyrics. These songs, singer. I still got the recordings. You've stolen the show, Alan. I, I, I would have thought. I would have thought being from Wales, you would have said, "I can't stand losing you, E W E." Oh, very good. That's where we're going to draw a line. Yeah. Safety writing your own songs, doesn't it? Yeah, but the outpatients. The outpatients uh, after they dealt with the U. <laughs> Chaps, thank you very much. Let's do it all again. Very soon. Oh, yeah. yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All See the best. Yaki da. Yaki da. All the best. Bye. 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 Bye.